quick reminder at the top, guys, Patreon is down from $8 to $5 per month. Holiday special, that's right, five shows a week for $8 a month. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash always be booked. Great way to start each day and great way to support the show. You have not gotten curious and YouTube the couple of episodes of The Love Boat? No, I don't. I'm a cruise junkie, but I don't. Some Somewhere I draw the line. <laughs> Reality TV is not my thing. This is how young Ryan is. You're talking about. Oh, you're talking about the original? Yeah. I, I thought you were talking about this new oh, series that no, came out. That like new, no, that was like for five Did minutes. Did that ever happen? It happened. They, had, they dusted off uh, Matt Mitchell. Oh, no, the original yeah. Love Boat, yes. All aboard and welcome back, Cones. It's time to check in to the Always Be Booked Cruise Podcast with your hosts, Tommy and Ryan. And that's right. You heard the nice lady. We're back and we're back at full force. Ladies and gentlemen, the Always Be Booked Cruise Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Casabona. We have another host, Ryan. Welcome back. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for covering last week. I know scheduling was crazy i'm coming into this week a year older so uh there's that and uh and last week was a short week i, I took a trip to kenny bunkport maine as i do at this time of the year uh for my birthday but also to get into the holiday spirit and uh and now this week is a condensed week it's a it's a cruise week for me of course of course brother and a, uh, i guess i can't say an actual impress let's go with a verbal happy birthday like you said a, a, another year around the sun and another year into your cruising career how was the birthday okay yeah it was great it was great i mean kenny bunkport maine i don't know uh, you know i don't know if you've been it's it's this nautical you know it's this quintessential nautical new england town and and this time of year they decorate it like you're you know, typical Hallmark movie. So <laughs> it's a, it's a great time. You know, it's a lot of shopping, uh, drinks, of course, and, uh, and some nice, nice meals, lobster, you know, it's a great, great way to break up the cruising. Very nice. And I didn't want to, uh, brush over what you just said too. It's a cruise week. Big shock. Ryan's going on a cruise. Nobody knows how to handle this wild crazy information ryan is going on a cruise where you going ryan so i think you know by the time this airs i will be on my way to uh baltimore to board the vision of the seas i'm really excited to get on the vision of the seas i have not been on that uh small of a ship in quite some time uh so it, it's exciting for me i'm i'm traveling eight days to Bahamas and uh, and Florida. Actually, making stops in Port Canaveral and Miami. I'm very excited to get back to Miami. Uh, and uh, yeah, it'll be a great cruise. It'll it'll round out uh, 2023, number 11, last cruise of the year. Wait, hold on. So it's stopping in Port Canaveral. Two stops in Florida. That's amazing. Uh, anything that you know you have planned for this sailing? Uh. Port Canaveral, I'll probably meet up with friends and, uh, you know, have a cigar, kind of take a leisurely, uh, leisurely approach to, to Cocoa, you know, the Cocoa Beach area. Miami, uh, not too sure. Probably uh, a few breweries. I do want to get into Little Havana. So I haven't actually done that before. So I'm excited to do that. Maybe have lunch out there. Also find a, a you know, genuine cigar to enjoy. And uh, there'll be a lot of ships in port. On, uh, I think, eight ships in Miami that day. I think it'll be one of the busiest cruise days in Miami, and it's a port day for us. So, you know, 
I think many of the ships, if not all the other ships, are boarding or disembarking. We're there for the day. So we'll see how easy it is to get an Uber. So you're telling me you're not going to take advantage of the uh, retail clothing store excursion that they have in Cocoa Beach? (laughs) Ron John's. Yeah, no. (laughs) All right. All right. Now, let me ask you this. Have you sailed out of Baltimore before? I have. Yeah, I I sailed. That was a nightmare cruise, actually. Uh, It started off as a nightmare. It was was still a great cruise. I always have fun on uh, whatever the cruise may be. I was on the Enchantment of the Seas, and we were supposed to leave we had engine issues. We didn't end up leaving until the next day. And then when once we got out to sea, the uh, the engine broke again, and we couldn't navigate. You know this tropical storm in the area. So I have cruised out of Baltimore. Same kind of under the bridge experience as New York, but a much smaller bridge. So they're obviously limited as to what ships can dock in Baltimore. Uh, but last time I, I cruised out of there was Enchantment of the Seas. Really great port. I mean, super convenient to get to and from. The parking's relatively cheap. I say that, you know, cruising out of New York mostly. So that's awesome. Yeah, I've never sailed out of Baltimore. I've never been on the. Uh, well, there's a whole lot of things I haven't haven't done on that one. But that was the most interesting thing. Port Canaveral being an embarkation port too. Did I ever tell you about the time where I was able to when I got caught bringing booze back onto the ship, and they let it go? Ah, uh, yes, yeah. I think the the lady kind of. Knew you had well. Boots, you know, right? she, she saw us. She, she inspected my bag, and I did this thing with. Uh, there was a listener. I forgot what. There was a listener that told me you put a stunt bottle on top, top, then a bunch of towels, and then your real important bottles below. So they'll take the sacrificed bottle, and then they'll say, "Okay, be on your way." No, it didn't work. They took the whole thing, but then no, they they observed the whole thing. They saw all of them, and I just I was red handed. I could only look at her dead in the eye and say, well, you guys are good. You got me. <laughs> Please let me back on the cruise ship. And uh, they said, uh, she said to one of her friends, did he leave? Did someone so leave? She looked back at me. Today's your lucky day. She put everything back in the bag and just let me take it on the cruise ship, which I probably wouldn't believe if somebody told me. And then uh, a couple of days later, I got ran over by a Jeep in Nassau. So I don't know. It all evens out, right? Yeah, things happen. Probably you're, you were drinking all the booze and then you got in the way of the Jeep. But we'll leave that part out. <laughs> I was actually, and we'll leave we'll leave this under the same category as nobody will believe me. But I was a hundred percent dead sober on that uh, on that um, moped. Uh, we'll go into the news topics. So the news topics of the show, we like I said, we're not going to be a too much of a news uh, cruise news driven show. But if we see something interesting that crosses the wire, we'll banter about it a little bit, and then we'll be on our way. Uh, this week, I think, is significant where we talk about it's just been all over the places, you know, some of the pricing. And, you know, when you were gone, Ryan, so I, I don't want to get into a um, cruise bashing scenario because every time we do that, I have to kind of underline and qualify it by saying cruising is my favorite thing to freaking do in the world. But again, uh, we're on this platform. We criticize, and you know, the theme of last week's show was to examine whether or not the cruise experience was, uh, I guess, deteriorating from a net standpoint. You know, what they offer versus what they charge. And we got into that a little bit and broke down some of the differences. And I guess the start of this show, not to pile on, but it's a little similar because it just came out of nowhere where, you know, and this happens a couple of times a year, but. Carnival did some price hiking, right? I saw it. In fact, I'm booked on the Venezia in January, and I took advantage of the fact that I 
uh, I could save a few dollars, well, avoid a few dollars, I should say, uh, by pre-booking my internet package. Because that internet, uh, I think, among maybe some other things, but I know the internet on Carnival uh, is increasing in price. And I think it did, actually, effective what December eighth? I think the seventh. Yeah. I think seventh or eighth. Yeah. I oh, believe. I mean, yeah. I I pre-purchased yeah. my internet for that January cruise because, and it's going up. Like I, I don't understand. You know, I'll never understand the internet thing. I, I just I just won't. And to increase it, I think they're increasing it like three dollars uh, across all the packages. I mean, whatever happened to like fifty cents a dollar? Why increase it? It's a money maker as it is. Is it not? It's totally a moneymaker. And I guess, you know, they're using a lot of excuses to, to, I don't understand what I don't understand again. And, you know, they throw the word nickel and diming around a lot with cruising. And this is like, I mean, the epitome of nickel and diming here. So for the internet, for if you pre-book, if I'm sorry, if you're on board, if you're on board the ship and you want the internet package, it's going from 15 to $18. Like you mentioned, $3. Uh, it's a little bit annoyingly high of an increase, but at the same time, it's clean, 15 to 18 Value plan, $20 to $23. The premium plan is going from $22 to $25. This is all if you book on board. It gets weird when you book early. Uh, so when you book early, it's going from twelve seventy five to fifteen dollars. It's going from seventeen dollars uh, for the for the social package. For the value package, it's going from seventeen dollars to nineteen dollars and fifty five cents. What where, where, where do they coming up with the fifty five cents? What, what calculation are they doing to get there? And isn't it a little embarrassing? You know, and then the the premium package is going from eighteen dollars and seventy cents to twenty one dollars and twenty five cents. Can we at least use round freaking numbers, Ryan? It's insane. I mean, this is a boardroom decision. I'm sure there was a a chart and a graph and uh, and uh, some sort of algorithm to come out, you know, come up with with, with these new prices. I, I just don't. I don't understand it. I mean, I don't know that. It, to me, this is just a bad look. I mean, we talk, it's not specific to Carnival, of course, but all of these increases, the gratuities, okay, I'm not going to challenge that necessarily so long as the, you know, it does get passed along to the crew, but all of these other cruise elements that. Hey guys, real quick, just a couple of mid-roll reminders. We have a Facebook group. It's a group on Facebook called the Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge. This is our community. This is how we most readily communicate with each other. We share pictures. We answer questions. We break each other's chops. We tell stories. We share in what we love about cruising in the most communal way possible. And that is the Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge on Facebook. Also, we have a YouTube channel. You just go to YouTube. Type in Always Be Booked and you'll see ship tours, you'll see reviews, you'll see weird, wacky, wild stuff. Check it out. Instagram, Always Be Booked. And if you at all want to take a cruise and you want to be put in the hands of someone who actually cares about where you're going, actually cares about the ship, cares about your budget, and wants to make sure you get the most out of every single island you could possibly get to, that is alwaysbebooked.com. That's the website. Or hit me up, Tommy, at alwaysbebooked.com, and I will make sure I hunt. I'm telling you, vigorously hunt down the best cruise deal for you. And then once we book, 
That's just the beginning. I will walk you through the whole thing. Any questions you have, I will use any of my experience that I have on any of these ships or destinations to help you have the vacation of a lifetime. And if I don't have the answer on a particular ship or destination, you know I'm kind of you kind of know, you know I'm well connected in the game. So, I'll make sure I seek the services of someone who does. We'll get you cruising. Hit me up, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Okay, back to the show. We see time and time again the in, you know, increase in cost. I just think it's a bad look. Like I'm sure they'll make more money, but like what does that do compared to the to the look you have and 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 to the consumer feeling? I mean, people like us are talking about it, right? Like, and I'm not, I'm not saying we're going to dissuade people from going on a carnival cruise, but I, I don't know what it accomplishes. I really don't. I mean, there has to be some sort of a line that's sort of drawn in where, you know what, maybe you could squeeze an extra couple of dollars from us. But, you know, when you read about some of the salaries of the CEOs and how many vacation homes and regular homes and mansions they're selling, how many luxury cruises they're going on in their retirement. I don't know. That's more we're talking about more, more along the lines of uh, Norwegian. But it's a it's. It's just crazy. We know they're doing well. We know they're doing fine. So why do you have to go from $18.70 to $21.25 per day for my Starlink internet? And that's what they're going to blame it on. They're going to basically say, you know, we're, we're making this move to go Starlink fleet-wide, and this is what it's going to cost. And, you know, we're sorry, and this is inflation, and this is just us passing down our expenses to you. And to some degree, I get it. But I don't know. It's annoying. They're doing the specialty dining too. A, uh, Gigi's Asian Kitchen and uh, Cucina del Capitan, or I guess you'd kind of consider that mid-level specialty dining. They're going, and this is not one or two dollars. This is going from eighteen dollars to twenty-four dollars. Yeah, I, I don't want to neglect that that we're you know coming out of a pandemic, and certainly there are trying times. I think there's a lot of data to support how. You know, cruising is only going to go up from here, and I think we're on that trajectory. So I, I do think there's an element of do you really need to increase the price? But I, I also want to be cognizant of the fact that they did lose a ton of money, right? And there's still some uncertainty in the industry. Uh, it's certainly not, uh, you know, uh, not not at risk to some sort of other major event in the world. Uh, but at the same time, I still just don't understand where these come from. You know, $6. I can it be tiered? Can it be implemented over time? I, I just, I think these are big jumps and uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, Christine Duffy wants uh, the mansion next to Frank Del Rio. <laughs> I think it's a leverage play too, in my opinion, you know, uh, again, contrarily to what you just said. Yeah. It, cruising went through a rough time. Carnival was very, very, and all these cruise lines were very, very savvy in the way that they juggled money around. But the demand for cruising has never been higher. We're talking about the Port of Miami again, eight ships in one day. We're talking about them breaking their record. We're talking about Nassau breaking its single-year record for amount of cruise passengers. So uh, cruising is on the rise. Some of the biggest ships, some of the highest pricing for the cruise vacation itself are being implemented. And again, it's just, you know, I just think that, okay, is it that, listen, these people are in, we're in, people love cruising right now, we're hot, we could clearly get another couple of dollars, maybe people will complain a little bit, but they'll deal with it, because 
this is where we're at and this is the state of the industry. Do you think that has something to do with it? Yeah, I think they're just going to take advantage of the, of the moment and uh, it is what it is. On a not unrelated topic, Royal Caribbean has a new ship coming out. It's called the Icon of the Seas. I think we've all seen and heard about this thing. Uh, borderline at nauseum. Uh, I listen. I'm I'm being a little, you know, Debbie Downer pessimistic now. I am very very excited to see this cruise ship come out. And again, I was happy to see. I I I saw a video and I posted it in the Always Be Both Cruise and Travel Lounge on Facebook, the group. I, I saw it go under a bridge, and I saw this actual uh, actual footage of this cruise ship with drone shots going under a bridge somewhere overseas, somewhere in, in Europe. And um, I was happy to see it looks like an actual cruise ship, you know, because you saw what I saw, right, in some of those renderings where it almost looked like a, you know, fantasy, fictitious type of vessel. Oh, yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, you know, it, it, it does, you know, in reality, in real life pictures of it do bring it down to reality a little bit. So it did look good. But one thing that's uh, generating some controversy is what is in essence called the crown's edge, which is a ropes course on steroids. And apparently there is a- attaching a fee to this. Yeah, I did hear that. Yeah, I think it's what, $89? Yep. Which is, is insane. At, at, that 89.99 that's just insane i mean two weeks ago you heard me say you know I'm, i'll be in the pool with the, the swim-up bar with a pina colada watching these people uh hang off the edge of the ship but uh, but for 89.99 i mean it, that's I, you know people are outraged over go, uh go-karts on uh, norwegian for 15 bucks now we're talking about 89.99 it's it's just crazy well it's kind of like i guess maybe sort of the thinking of you know they're trying to take what they built on coco k and sort of kind of attach it to what's going on on board the cruise ship and you know damn well you know a lot of the business models of anything whether it's disney whether it's anything theme park related or you know m- heavy attraction based type uh, activities i think they really are relying on pressure from the kids. Same way a Christmas time, a, a Toys R Us commercial will come on, and that's designed to get kids to beg their parents for things. You know, when you see this beautiful, giant, volcanic-looking water slide with multiple different tracks coming down, uh, it's a, what are you going to do? You're going to look at that thing, and you're going to tell your kid no? You see all the other kids with their life preservers on and their water wings and they're running towards it. And now you got to be the parent to tell this kid, no. All right. I guess we got to do it. How much is it? Oh, it's just about 200 bucks. No problem. I think that's what they're doing. They're looking at it like this attraction is going to be so cool that we're going to be able to get there, get the kids to terrorize the parents to a level where they almost have to pay it. Yeah, and it's true, and I'm sure it happens today on Coco Cay. You know, the, you pull into port, the kids see this crazy, uh, you know, tallest water slide or, or whatever. You know, I, I think that's exactly what happens. They're begging their parents to to support it, and and of course, you know, I, I think the parents will do it in most cases, or or the kids will be, you know, they'll they'll be savvy about it. They'll wait till the the parents go to the bar and have a few drinks, and then <laughs> then the then the sea pass will come out, but. But I mean, yeah, I, I think that's what they're ha- what's what they're doing. But uh, to pay eighty nine ninety nine, it's just cra- I'm not arguing that there's a fee for it. I think it's fine. Like I'd rather them have a fee for something. Well, a bit controversial, but I, I personally I would rather them associate uh, add a fee to some of these extra activities and pass the burden of these activities and the investment of them across all of the passengers. 
and uh, by way of increasing, you know, the overall cruise uh, cruise cost, I'd rather you be able to kind of build your own cruise. Uh, you know what this is doing? It's protecting the the, the passengers that aren't going to choose specialty dining, or they don't need Wi-Fi, or they don't have kids begging to go on the ropes course. I think that's fine, but that mentality is also dangerous, right? Like, oh, it doesn't affect me. I'm okay with it until it does, and then it becomes a real issue. So the more we let these companies do what they're doing, and honestly, I don't know how to how to not uh, or how to prevent them from doing these things, uh, you know, it's just going to keep happening. That That's my prediction. That's a great point. And your other great point was that it's $89. I mean, you're going from something that has, you know, how long have they been putting ropes courses on cruise ships? 20, 15 plus years now. Right. And at no point have you ever had to pay for a ropes course on the top of a cruise ship. So, okay. Going from just making somebody pay for that is, I guess, a, 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 a game changing step. So what do you do? You go right to $89. That's a little bit of a jump. Like you said, started off at like 25, 30, you know, until you, you know, and then you could start your over the course of five years, then you make your way up to $89, but boom, never charged ever in history for this attraction. And then all of a sudden now it's $89 and we have to be full disclosure. This is a next level ropes course, but still at the end of the day, it's a ropes course. Yeah, super expensive. Um, you know, and you'll have the content creators uh, paying for it just to get the content. So you'd think they'd they'd inter you know they'd introduce people to it uh, in a in a test and learn or, or try before you buy kind of phase. And uh, yeah, no, out of the gate, uh, this crazy uh, crazy price tag. And uh, I guess word to the wise: uh, if you're going to do this excursion and you're going to pay for it and you want to make sure it happens, do not wait for the last day because we all know about ropes courses and zip lines and things like this. Uh, when it gets windy, they are shut down. So make sure if it's important to you, book it early so you're not left out in the cold. Um, all right, so let's move along. Princess Cruises, and you know this is something I, I read at first and heard at first on a couple, across a couple of the other influencers' channels, and I thought it was a little bit of, a, a little bit of cheese and I thought it was a little bit of a money grab. But then when I kind of dove in a little bit more, I thought about it, man. It, this is probably, listen, uh, I'm, a, I'm a little more politically correct than I used to be, but let's take it old school. This thing's got to be a panty dropper. I mean, <laughs> Princess Cruises love package. You think about it, it's expensive. It's a little cheesy. But when you break this down, if you're on a cruise with either a significant other or uh, somebody that you're trying to turn into a significant other, I mean, this is crazy. Because first of all, Princess, you gotta it's appropriate across the board because this is the cruise line that was featured in the game-changing, the industry-changing TV series, The Love Boat. Ryan, you're a youngster. Have you caught any episodes of The Love Boat? Love Boat? Not at all. I don't have cable TV. Okay. And maybe it was available elsewhere, but no, to answer your question, no. You have not gotten curious and YouTube the couple of episodes of the love boat. No, no, I don't. Yeah. Stro I, I'm not, I'm a cruise junkie, but I don't, some, somewhere I draw the line. I think. <laughs> Reality TV is not my thing. Reality. No. Oh my, this is how young Ryan is. 
You're talking about. Oh, you're talking about the original. Yeah, I, I thought you were talking about this new oh, series. Oh no, came that out, like, new. No, that ago. was like for five Did minutes. Did that ever happen? It happened. They had they dusted off uh, Matt Mitchum. Oh no, the original yeah. Love Boat. Yes. Okay. So you, I'm not. I mean, I am young. Okay, you've caught up. I thought you were referring to the to the one from like last year. No, I did look into that, and yes, I was. I had it all planned out. I was going to freaking do a recap show on the Patreon after I couldn't make it through the first episode. I was like, no, that's out. I can't. This is not going to happen. So you did see a little bit. You caught a few episodes, scenes of I the did. old Love Boat. I loved how they yeah, did it. Course. They always had special guest superstars on the show. But uh, in this instance, what they're doing is collaborating with an artist. His name is Romeo Brito, and it's going to be a romantic dining package. Now, this guy, Romeo Brito, is an artist, and he's uh, very, very famous right now for vibrant colors. And I don't know, I guess, what else is that art? It's, it's yeah, I think he's pretty common on board the ships now. I think I recognize, uh, I, I caught this article too, and I, I think I recognize some of his artwork. I think it's a, a regular appearance on cruise ships. Oh, right. Because I think Peter Max, there was a little bit of a, he got a little canceled. Didn't yeah, he? it was like a back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so so the Sun Princess is a cruise ship that's coming out. And on the aft portion of the ship in the main dining room, they're going to do an experience that you might say is, is you know, this is this is where it's, it, it is worth it. They're going to charge you $149 per person for this. But you are going to enter a whole scene surrounded by his artwork. You're going to get a flute of champagne immediately upon sitting down. Uh, and then you're going to go on what they're going to call a culinary journey. And it's going to showcase a meticulously curated menu by culinary virtuoso Rudy Soderman. With Soderman's ingenious touch, Love by Brito transcends into a multi-sensory exploration offering extraordinary dishes that embody profound passion, exquisite flavor, and boundless creativity. This is uh, marketing material that i'm reading they're gonna have uh dishes like quail eggs pomegranate with avocado uh, there'll be fish dishes like lobster thermidor clams with wild rice honey basted wild salmon uh, they'll have special meats like wagyu chateaubriand rosini and roast quail farchi with truffles i'm gonna stop because we're getting into things that i'm not going to be able to pronounce properly but you know, there's going to be champagne-flavored uh, sorbet with rose petals. There's going to be heavenly dessert options in addition to chocolate fondue that range from iced souffle, Tahiti, uh, vanilla, and white varanda chocolate with hot raspberry. It's st- I'm stopping now. But what I will say, to tip it off, they also have a special section that they're calling aphrodisiacs, oysters with champagne pearls, grilled fish with prosciutto, and rock with Rockfort, uh, savory soups like asparagus and watermelon. Oh, that's me. If I if I got if I got a prospect on the line, I'm bringing it home, and I'm 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 going to the asparagus. Have you ever known asparagus to be an app? And a uh, watermelon cocktail with vodka. Boom, vodka. That's one. I'll give you that one. No. 149 per person. It's now, not like 50 this- bucks. Definitely not after after that marketing material. <laughs> Exactly. Now, what I'll say about this thing is that, yes, it probably is uh, a little bit more than you'd expect to pay for a dining experience. But I think I think it at the end of the day, when you compare it to the chef's table, 
it's probably kind of worth it, no? Hey, you know, that is cheaper than two rides on the uh, on the zip line there, on the rope scores. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you put it that way, I mean, I still think it's a crazy price. But yeah, when you put it in the context of the chef's table or even, you know, whether it's realistic or not, you could have, and actually you did, I think. You had a crazy expensive meal at Le Bistro and, and you didn't have nearly as much a, many courses as this, right? So I guess when you put it in the context of what the other lines are doing for this high-end experience, more of a romantic uh, romantic dinner, high-end options uh, and offerings, I, yeah, I, I guess it's, it's okay. And I think these kind of, you know, th- this is, and really uh, no shame against the, you know, people want to do the ropes course, right? These are all extra uh, extra opportunities. And if you want to spend the, spend the money to do it, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to do, I'm probably not going to do it, right? 300 bucks for two people. I could go on a cruise for that probably <laughs> depending on the cruise. So I don't know. It's, it's not for me, but I think having it as an option for those that want to partake. Yeah. And if you compare it and I'm not, you know, I don't know, we'll see how the quality is coming out of the reviews, but you compare this to this, to a similar experience in midtown Manhattan. Oh God. Yeah. It's, it's a steal, right? So it's all perspective. It's what, people are willing to to spend that kind of money on. And I don't know that I would, but I'm not do I've never done chef's table either. And here's the play. I don't think this is something. I think this is something if you if you have a if you have some uh, somebody that you're new in the relationship with. This is this is the move that I would I, I say how you do it. Like you you don't tell them that you signed up for this beautiful love package. You don't you don't mention that you put in the money and you signed up for this what is in effect an onboard excursion uh you don't do that you basically kind of say hey we're going to dinner tonight i got plans for us no big deal just wear wear that thing i like that's it and then you just bring them there and kind of surprise them and blow let the whole night unfold and let them be blown away unexpectedly because if you if you mention the fact that you bought this brand new package called the love package by this artist and this pairing they say, they're going to be okay let's see what this is all about no just show up just bring and then you know what if if you manage the expectations and if you have the ma- expectations on her end be managed or his end, however, however we're playing this, you get a little bit more of the element of surprise. And I think if if that's the goal to impress, I think that's the way to do it. But I've said I've I've said enough on this topic, I guess. All right, let's get into the main topic for the show. All right, main topic for this week's show is a little bit of a recycled element. So last week we got an email from Michelle, and of all the weeks. To email us this question, Michelle, I think it would be, have been. I, I think it's worth circling back and rereading your email and really getting Ryan's take on me on this, and maybe opening up a little bit of a bigger discussion on it because it does speak right to Ryan's wheelhouse. Because one of the things he does when he goes on cruises is to make it a point to connect with the crew. But I'm going to reread the email. Hey, Tommy and Ryan, every week I listen, the show gets better. I love the real life opinion you you guys give without any fluff. I know that the crew is very important to you both. Can you share any interesting facts or misconceptions about the crew? I've heard different things about their wages, tips, and how long they work for without a day off. Do they have to share living quarters? What is included in their wages? Food? I believe in tipping well. 
and treating crew nicely always and am interested in the lifestyle they experience, especially since most seem to be from other countries besides the USA. Thanks for a great show to enjoy. Michelle. All right, Ryan, where do you want to start with that? Breaking down, I guess we'll start with uh, uh, what, what are some of the misconceptions people think when they think about the crew? Yeah, I I think what would sh- – and of course, I've spent many cruises and, and years connecting with the crew – you know that I've mentioned it on the show. Of course, it's a very important uh, element of my cruise. Uh, it's just something I do. They they're a meaningful part of of my experience and and my life, really. And so I do it because it's the right thing to do. I don't. I also don't do it to say I, I do anything on a on a on a podcast. But but I have over the years learned about their experience and uh, and connected with them. You know, on a, on a deeper level. So I, I think if we take it, maybe. Uh, one one question at a time. The misconception piece. I mean, I think it's no surprise they're working crazy hours, uh, and and it depends on your role on the ship. You know, officers have different schedules than bar staff have different schedules than uh, uh, people. You know, the, the folks in the kitchen have different schedules than your housekeeping, and there are all different expectations uh, depending on your role on board. So there's definitely a hierarchy, I'd say, on board. Um, What I've learned over the years is that it's very political. I mean, no surprise. We probably all have been in in spaces and circles where it's, it's highly political, and it's no different on board. Of course, in the public eye, you know, you'll see, you know, for the most part, everybody's smiling. They're working together. Great. But behind the scenes, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's like society more or less. And, and, uh, there's definitely some politics. There's some hierarchy, the drama between officers and, and the, and, and the rest of the crew. And, and then you have the entertainment staff, right? So they're contracted, contractually different and organized differently than the rest of the ship. That's where you see, you know, more flexibility, more freedom, more, I mean, quite frankly, more Americans on board. You'll find them in the entertainment staff. They have different contracts, right? The duration is different. Their compensation is different. They're able to most, most often they're able to interact with, with the other passengers, drink in bars. You're not going to see a a bartender or a housekeeper uh, in the public area drinking, drinking with guests. No, I was going to say that too. You're right. I, I mean, I had specifically, I was on the Carnival Sunshine and I went up to the atrium bar and I was getting a drink and there was a woman sitting there and she was drinking and dare I say heavily. And she was going at it. She was drinking whiskey. She had another whiskey. And then I saw her have a third whiskey. So after a while, I was drinking next to her and I just ended up asking her a question. I don't even remember what I asked her. It was just something, I guess, just to break the ice in some way, shape or form. But, you know, she basically made me aware that she was the piano bar pianist and she was getting ready to start her shift. And uh, that cracked me up a little bit because it made perfect sense because you know, that was a very, very refreshing uh, piano bar experience that I went to. You know, they, she had all the tricks. I'm sure that she's done it a bunch of different piano bars, both on land and at sea. But uh, it was looted some cases. There was a bachelorette ceremony that she did where the bachelorette had to sit on top of the piano while she basically sang her a song that was, uh, you know, it was not, it was, it was, it was definitely not PG rated. It was just a lot of fun. But yeah, I was, that was my first experience 
uh, in realizing that, yes, this is not part of the regular crew. If they want to go to the bar and have a bunch of drinks, they're able to do so. So that was that was interesting to me. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I've had an experience with the Howl at the Moon folks, too. And I uh, the, one of the gentlemen that was in in that, you know, pianist also, maybe it's a it's a trend. Uh he, he was visiting uh, Sid Norman's, and uh, he made such a scene during the show, right? And it's it's really embarrassing when that happens because they're all in the same – they're all at the same level if we're talking about hierarchy, right? Like you're going to another performer's performance and causing a scene. Like he got booed out of Sid Norman's. So I, I think – I don't know. I, I still see yeah. the entertainment staff drinking it, and, and no shame, right? I mean, we all make choices. We have to control ourselves, and and guests uh, many times guests embarrass themselves. So, uh, but uh, but yeah, no, I the entertainment is definitely in a different league. I think you know when it comes to the general crew, um, they're limited as to their freedom to mingle, freedom to to uh, even be in public areas. I mean, they have to be in uniform. They can't be, you know, even if they're off and they're, you know, traversing the ship in a way that they have to be in a public area, they have to have some level of a uniform on. Which does make sense. I, I, I could not imagine the story you just told about that. That has had to be pretty damn awkward. <laughs> and that had to make for a very awkward next day when they both sobered up. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. It, yeah. After that could have been his last cruise for all I know. I'm sure guests can. I would have never complained, but I'm I'm sure other people complained or or boycott boycotted his show, <laughs> the rest of the cruise. All right, so I waited on this next one on the last one. I'm interested to hear with what, what you said if you wanted to hear what I had said about it. But you know, uh, you can listen to last week's show. But uh, I've heard different things about their wages and tips and how long they work without a day off. So wages, uh, working conditions. What can you say about that? Yeah, the wage piece. I'm not. Gonna, I mean, I'm not going to give a dollar amount. I've never really gotten a, a, a precise dollar amount, and I think it's there's a level of like I would never ask someone what they make. I think that's a. I just think that's a, a bit disrespectful. So I, I never probe, and it doesn't bother me, uh, or, or it, it doesn't interest me to know. To be honest with you, for sure, it's no surprise they make less than uh, mo- most of the listeners. I'm sure are in the U.S. So I think it, it's very different. You have to compare it to their context, where they're coming from, the value that it offers them in, in, in where, you know, in, in their context. Right. So I think it's, it's an, it's a prospect. It's fun. It's a fun job for most, uh, their room and board are covered. So of course that affects compensation. Um, all I can say is that we as guests, uh, yeah, we should go above and beyond to support them. Uh, they work a lot of days, seven days a week. I, th- I know the bar staff. I mean, over, I, I just tend to get to know a lot of the bar staff and and wait staff, uh, and they work seven days a week. Their mentality is that they're on board for six or eight months, and they're working like crazy, and they sleep for two months when they go home. Like that's, and they spend time with family. Like they that that's just the approach, and it works for for most of them. Uh, but they they don't get much time off. I mean, even on land. They'll let's say they get two hours in a, in a port in a particular port. They can say, "Oh, I want to go to my cabin and sleep," or I can go off off the ship. And again, that depending on where you are in the world, the, the crew always prefers to be uh, outside of Europe. They tend to, you know, th- the value of their of their money in Europe is 
is much less than other parts of the world. So they're really not getting off the ship uh, that much. They're, they're opting to stay on board. And, and that's even if they get the time to, to, to get off the ship. A lot of them are, are not getting off for the whole itinerary. And then uh, do they share living quarters? I think you know, I answered it, and it's just a simple answer. Yes, they do. Very rarely you have to be at an officer level to get a single uh, a single cabin. I've heard specifically from multiple locations that you are uh, your stock as a potential mate goes up significantly if you have your own solo cabin. Um, so congratulations to those people. But also I will say, you see enough information on YouTube where you see the setup where it goes where you know there are often four beds to a cabin. And then what they'll have is sort of like a zip up little section. So like, you know, you'll be able to I- isolate yourself completely in and around your bed, your immediate d- the size uh, length and width of your bed, and then whatever airspace you have above it can be completely zipped up. So then that is your quote unquote privacy, right? Yeah. And you'll see a lot of four, four, you know, four person cabin with an adjoining bathroom, right? So it's eight to a bathroom and it's an, it's a dynamic down, downstairs. I, I call it, I mean, they're responsible to, to upkeep their cabin, to clean their bathrooms. Nobody's coming in and cleaning their cabin. Right. And they're held to a standard. They have cabin inspections and you ought to not fail one of them. So, and, and people have small businesses. It's, it's pretty lucrative. Like you have housekeepers that offer to clean other crews cabins for a cost. And so there's that dynamic. I mean, they're responsible to do most of their own laundry. It's free to them, but they have to do it. They have to make time to get their haircut. So, I mean, a lot of this is included and it's part of the offering, um, but they still, you know, a- outside of their 12 hour workday need to make time for some of this. And, and uh, yeah, it's a whole dynamic that, that we don't see. And, and I've just heard, you know, not firsthand, but I haven't seen it firsthand. I should say, I've just heard it from, from a lot of my crew friends. Right, right. So then as far as wages and food and uh, do they have to pay for their own food? I think they have a crew mess that is always going to be free. But yeah. then if they want to get specialty restaurant, specialty dining, uh, in many cases they can. And, and you got to remember, this is all subjective across different cruise lines. You know, there was a, you know, Norwegian famously recently you know, basically made it off limits for a good amount of crew to be able to have access to the public areas, right? It depends on, on their health inspections. It depends on, on the, the, the health of, of the overall ship. I mean, crew and, and guests included, you know, you have, you always hear about like code yellow, code orange, like, and, and I'll go out of my way often to, and we talked about, Norwe- you mentioned Norwegian specifically, there's perks as a Latitudes member to get uh, dining vouchers. And often I'm solo and I, I invite, you know, crew friends of mine to dinner and depending on the, the health status on board, and it's, it's still very much a thing outside of COVID, uh, they can partake or they, or they can't, right? So they can, it does determine the amount of interaction with the guests, uh, depending on uh, the code, the health code level. So that was an interesting element that I, that I learned about last year. All right. All right. So some good information, good perspective from Ryan, who certainly, uh, you know, uh, makes it a point to have a good interaction experience with the crew. Uh, Michelle, thank you for the email. Hopefully that was, um, you know, hopefully a lot of people that answers a lot of questions that I think uh, it's amazing. It's, it's interesting 
how much of a curiosity slash fascination most of us cruisers, us dedicated cruisers have with the crew. And, uh, you know, it's, it, the, it's a lifestyle. And we're in a day and age where a lot of people, I mean, I, I don't think in 1976, you, a, a show like Ice Road Truckers would have survived on TV with, you know, there being three or four networks. Now with these 85 different channels and networks, people are interested in people's lifestyles, people's day-to-day, what their job is, no matter what it is. You see TikTok, you know, there's some TikToks out there with people, they just put their camera up and they're just making Wendy's cheeseburgers. And then they, I look in the, I, I swipe through it and I see, oh, there's 884 people watching right now. And this chick is just doing nothing but making cheeseburgers. So people are interested in this type of stuff and what type of uh, lifestyle uh, crews, crew go through on their day to day. All right, let's get into the F, Mary kill section of the show. This is our version of F, Mary kill is Go once more, continue to go and live forever, and never go again. Those are the three categories. Today's topic is going to be Eastern, Western, and Southern Caribbean itineraries. We'll switch it up a little bit this time. We'll alternate. I'll say what I'll do. Ryan will say what he'll do. Let's start with the F. Let's start with the one that you got to go one more time and you could never go back. Which is it, Ryan? So one more time, I would say Southern Caribbean. And uh, this is tough because, I mean, we've all fallen in love with with certain islands, and they may or may not be within uh, the eastern or southern designations. But, but yeah, I'd say I'd say one more time, Southern Caribbean. How about you? Same. I would go Southern Caribbean because to me, it's a little bit of um, it, it's the furthest, but it's one of the more dynamic regions. I love, I, I have a fascination and a passion with so many of the things you could do in Aruba. Uh, but to me, it's it's one of those ones that I really, really love. I would do it one more time. I would have a full day of immersion. I'd do all of the things. I'd go to Baby Beach. I'd do the, you know, the, the ATV vehicles. I'd eat at Z-Rovers. I'd make sure that I, you know, just went to uh, Eagle Beach and, and went to um, Palm Beach. I would do everything. I'd sink my teeth into Aruba one more time, and then I'd realize that would be it. Now, for my stay forever, I would definitely go, and most people would know this about me, it is the Eastern Caribbean. There's just something about that region of the world that I'm very, very attracted to. The topography, the colors, the color of the water. Uh, just, you know, the fact that it is, you can get the best of everything. You can get the sea, uh, you can get major metropolises, you can get beautiful beaches, uh, you can get interesting eating and drinking cultures there. So for me, that's why I would do as far as staying forever. Uh, I would go with Eastern Caribbean. How about you? Ditto. Actually, this will be the first, uh, first week. I think we're on the, we're totally on the same page and across the board. Yeah. Eastern Caribbean stay forever. I don't know. It, it's hard to put into words. Um, like I said, there's certain islands that I, we're, we're being very general in the designation, uh, you know, based on geography, but, but yeah, I, I think stay forever would be Eastern Caribbean. I, I just have a lot of, uh, pure cruise bliss and memories over the years and, I tend to gravitate toward uh, those those kind of islands. They're more, right? I, I like the U.S. Virgin Islands too, the, the St. Thomas, uh, uh, 
really stands out to me as 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 that island that I really gravitate towards in in that in that region. Um, yeah, go ahead. And no, and then and then as far as just throwing away, and I, there's nothing to sneeze at with the Western Caribbean. I really, really do like it. I like the whole Mexico vibe and all that stuff. Cozumel is beautiful. Grand Cayman, you know, it will be tough for me to say goodbye to Jamaica. But across the board, when you have to measure it all out, you know, it ends up being really at the end of the day, you're really kind of making a decision on Mexico, and. Yes. In order to get to any of the real interesting stuff, you have to get on that ferry to go, to, which almost turns the whole thing into a tender port. Uh, unless you want to stay on Cozumel proper, then you have to freaking either be obsessed with diving, do nothing but drinking, or you have to love resorts for a day. That's why I'm throwing away the uh, Western. How about you? Yeah. I mean, basically the the same. The same for me. I mean, I love the Western Caribbean. It's actually... I think I told. I think I said it on your show before that uh, you know that stood out to me as like one of the itineraries that I love the most. And yeah, it's it's tough. And obviously, it's it, this is a theoretical. You got to pay. You got to yeah. pick something, right? Yeah, I just I love Cozumel Coast of Maya. I always find like these fun things to do. Belize, Honduras. I don't know. I, I do love those islands as well. But but if I had to pick, never again, Western Caribbean. And that's why we ask the tough questions here. It always be booked. It's not easy, but we we, we battle through. All right. Now we're going to do uh, Tommy and Ryan's top five. And today's variety is top five ways to spend a fun day at sea. And uh, we'll do it like we just did. We'll alternate. And honestly, Ryan, mine are not in order. Okay. I didn't order up these ones. I kind of just put them in place. And uh, the one, the first one is a little bit tongue in cheek. And uh, it's because you kind of ribbed it a little bit. and But I, again, I would have always kind of, I guess, downplayed this. Or I always wonder how and why people are buying art on cruise ships. But going to an art auction, I stumbled into one one time. They put champagne in front of me. I sat down. And I think this is a moderator dependent. I think if you have a uh, auctioneer. With a good sense of humor, an auctioneer who's well educated in fine art or art in general, whatever you want to say, this can be a very, very pleasant experience. And I spent a good hour and a half sitting there learning about, you know, this is such and such piece. This is so and so the artist. He's led the league in commissioned art in for the last five years running or whatever. And you learn again, yeah, you could tell I took a lot from these things, but it was a while ago. Cut me some slack. Uh, but I just found myself enjoying the champagne and watching, uh, I, I, again, being entertained by the moderator and also watching you know, people who kind of want to fancy themselves as big spenders, kind of have little psychological battles with each other when it comes to just I guess battling to secure these pieces of art. And, you know, I know you kind of made fun of it a little bit and I get why you would, I totally get why I, I did the same thing. Um, but yeah, art auction for me is one of them, which what's one of yours. Yeah. Not my thing. <laughs> no, surprise. no, I get but, it. But I get it. So I, I think art, art, hold on, hold on. Art auction or karaoke. You got to do one. Oh, I'm going to the art auction. There's some level of uh, education <laughs> involved and champagne. Right. But yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> So I think my first one, it's, it's pretty broad, but uh, ship activities, by ship activities, I mean like uh, things that are I unique do, yeah. to the ship. 
you know, whether it's the laser tag, the flow ride, or, you know, what, whatever, like things that are specific to the ship that I do want to dedicate some time uh, to do and to experience myself. Uh, and, and then you're and kind of bundled with the shipboard entertainment. And by entertainment, I mean like your trivia, your uh, game shows in the, in the lobby. I do enjoy, you know, enjoy watching those. That's a good entry because I know what you mean. I know exactly what you meant by shipboard activities. There's a host of things that you'll find on the cruise planner, some of which you'll be like, why are they even doing this to some of them? Like, oh, yeah, I'm putting that highlighter line through that to make sure I don't miss it and every, everything in between. And when you kind of just freestyle it around the cr- uh, cruise ship and stumble across some of these, it can be pretty interesting. So I'm with you on that. All right. My next one is going to be brunch. Carnival calls it a sea day brunch. I think maybe a few cruise lines called it seed seat call it sea day brunch and yeah you know what it's pretty basic of course you know i'm not the biggest brunch guy on land but when you're on a cruise ship you know for me i get done with the maybe they're doing a couple miles on the uh, treadmill maybe lifting a couple of weights you know getting that cup of coffee and there is something to going into the main dining room in the middle of the day and getting breakfast ish type food next level breakfast food and getting it full service. I happen to know, and you might know this by talking to the crew. uh, I know that they despise it. I know it's not a favorite of the crew to be, uh, you know, waking up for brunch. I've read that in books. I've heard it in commentary. I'm not necessarily sure why. And when they were doing the sea day comedy brunch, that was just nobody, nobody like that. That was a, they had to, I actually had a comedian, say to me when i saw them on one of the decks to say hey can you do me a favor did you like my show i was like yeah man you were hysterical i loved it we had we had a great time you if you liked my show if you could do me one favor in the comment cards ask them to do away with c-day brunch comedy please <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like wow it's that bad huh but just the brunch as a whole a nice steak and eggs or a fruit loop french toast you know full service with some friends relaxing trying to soak up a hangover i'm into it what about you what's your next one well before i go to my next one yeah I, nobody does nobody does c-day brunch like carnival I'll give Carnival that uh, brunch in general, right? I, and I think I also like the afternoon tea concept too. I think that you know Princess does it, but at a cost. So okay, but I, so my number two, I'd say, is uh, is in in the line of 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 food on on a sea day. I tend to do a specialty dining meal as my lunch on a sea day. So it gives me the opportunity to visit a specialty dining restaurant at a really substantially reduced cost. So it ends up being like, I don't know, Cagney's or, or the equivalent on, on other lines ends up being whatever, 20, 25 bucks. We'll see as they increase prices. But uh, I do, I do enjoy that. Um, it kind of breaks up my day and up. Uh, oh, right. Ryan, Ryan, sorry, this just in, I just got word that carnival raised the specialty restaurants, 35 cents while we were doing this podcast. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. So that's my number two. All right. No, that makes sense. And I would imagine also another advantage is that you don't necessarily have to worry about, you know, whether or not it's going to be available, right? Yeah. People get carried away on, you know, no surprise. People get carried away on sea days or up napping by the pool or or whatnot. So even the people that do make reservations and you have, right, you always have the sales pitches on the first day and people sign up for for a specialty meal and whether or not they show up is a different story. But I, I tend to like it. I'd rather have a heavy meal at lunch too. Uh, that's kind of my approach. 
All right. So I got number three is I'm going to call, I called it celebration central. It's a little bit specific, but you know, as, as we most know, I'm as, despite the fact that I love cruising in the Caribbean, I um, am a little bit translucent when it would talking about my skin tone. Uh, so I like to get out. I know I do feel a little bit of guilt because I feel like I should be outside or whatever, but I found on this last cruise that we went on the pirates and peer runners three, I, we had a little bit of a group that would meet up in carnival celebration, maybe like right around 11 AM. And so often I found myself just kind of sitting there holding court for way longer than I expected to, whatever it is in the atrium, whatever, whatever, I guess, meeting place, main focal central meeting place that any cruise ship has, you grab a cup of coffee and you just sit in that atrium and specifically on the carnival celebration, I would see, let's call Joe and maybe the cruising diva would be out there in a conversation. So I join them and then we'd sit and talk for 45 minutes and maybe one of them would get up. One of them would stay, but then Beatrix would come by. Then maybe Beatrix would get a little antsy and then Sandy would come by and, 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 and Carol and, and everybody kind of, and I felt like, I was like, you know what? I'm just kind of comfortable here the whole time. So sitting in a very, very, I guess, um, what would you call it? Like a, like a, like a central location. You could, you can say the same thing. I would love to do this in the cafe promenade area in the, uh, and on the on the on the on the the Royal Promenade on a Royal Caribbean ship, just chilling with a cup of coffee in a big wide open space on a cruise ship. That's definitely something I like to do. Yeah, I would say, and maybe it's no surprise, but I I would I would say I do enjoy kind of an unorganized pub crawl. That's usually how I spend most of my day, to be honest. Sea day, to be honest with you. Um I wanna be more I gravitate towards the outdoor areas, so but usually by way of a of a bar stool. And, uh, and yeah, no, I usually, those are my days usually to take full advantage of the drink package and, uh, explore the ship by way of kind of this unorganized pub crawl. And, and I kind of do it on my own. It's an opportunity to, to connect with the crew, of course, as, as, uh, as many of my activities are, uh, on, on board, but, but yeah, no, I, I like going kind of bar to bar and mixing it up. What Ryan's leaving out is that he has to specify unorganized because the day I met Ryan, he was <laughs> uh, hosting an organized bar crawl and he was sworn by Norwegian never to do this again, weren't you? You know, I and I've been on Norwegian ships where they've done it. So I, I say or, unorganized because I'm, I, to be honest with you, I've reached a moment in my, in my cruising career, I'll <laughs> call it a career, <laughs> uh, where I just don't want to plan anything. I, I used to like be the fi- oh, Facebook moderators and admin and and uh, coordinate you know uh, meet and greets and pub crawls and I've done it recently too or slot pulls but I, I've come to really appreciate just like not having any schedule including one or two planned events uh, during the week even so I, I say unorganized because listen if I'm hungover I started at two I don't start it at eleven if I want to go to bar X I don't have to go to bar Y right that's kind of my approach. And that's really why I like solo yeah. cruising. I think I have an issue with uh, with uh, with uh, considering other people's opinions. Maybe you should do what I do, and what that is is be super organized and detailed with times, with places, with dates leading up to the cruise. Get everybody all invested in showing up, and then just have nothing to do with it once the cruise starts. That's that's kind of like <laughs> what what I do. I think I know someone that does that. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely me, and uh, I've gotten some heat for it, and well deserved, Sandy. I get it, Carol. Everybody who yells at me for that. Um, all right. And then, um, 
So I was going to say organized bar crawls because I like that. I hear what you're saying, kind of just do a floating around the ship and, you know, not necessarily any rhyme or reason or planning, whatever. But, and that is fun. I've definitely done my share of those, but I really, and I got to give a credit and a shout out to Scott Stevenson, who, you know, helped us organize Royal Caribbean was every bit the opposite of what that experience was on Norwegian when we got yelled at for doing our bar crawl. All they wanted to do was just let us know what the next bar was. And Scott was so self selfless all you know just in his voluntarism volunteerism to basically be the point person and we had a map we had a treasure map because it was all pirate driven i didn't know that i was going to start this i said you know what let's do a bar crawl you know what maybe some people could dress up like pirates and next thing you know there was 76 pirates uh just stomping around a royal caribbean cruise ship yelling arg and um Scott did a great job of just kind of like leading us to the next bar. And uh, I think he actually even had a, 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 a staff radio where he was kind of just communicating with people and letting us know when it was time to move on. And, you know, it was a, it was good organized bar call. And that's one of the funnest things that I, I've done. And then I'll, since my last one's a quick one, um, and the, my number five is do ship tours. You know, since I do try to create content and if you go to always be booked YouTube channel, you'll see a bunch of cruise ship tours and, uh, you know, just an expeditious 12 to 15 minute walk around while well, the video is 12 to 15 minutes. The walk around is a good couple of hours. And I try to kind of capture all the uh, nooks and crannies of these beautiful cruise ships so I can uh, record them, edit them and bring them to you live and direct on YouTube. There you go. Like a, like a great content creator uh, that you are. So that's, I'm sorry to hear it consumes uh, many hours, but I, I know the work <laughs> that goes into it. I'm sure. Uh, Get my steps in buddy. There you go. There you go. When you're not playing uh what is it? Pickleball. What would you do on the last uh, cruise? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. I'm, your I'm, list, I'm, I'm, it's in pickleball. It's not on the list uh, because you know, that's not necessarily a labor of love. It's become my passion and I am planning on announcing that I'll be turning pro in spring of 2024. You know, with, with, with all of the drinking I do on sea days uh, comes an afternoon siesta. And uh, I do appreciate, I don't take naps at home really at all. Uh, I do appreciate a, a sea day nap. And uh, especially when I have a balcony uh, cabin, which is not often, but when I do, I open the balcony door and just listen to the the sound of the waves in the ocean and, and, uh, and doze off after that I'm ready to go. And, uh, and usually before dinner, I test the fates in the casino, get some uh, casino time in on, on my sea days. Um, when I'm, when I'm full of energy after a nap and, uh, and getting ready for dinner. So I, I kind of, and it's pretty strategic about, you know, my approach is pretty strategic. I should say, uh, because having dinner at a set time, will get me out of the casino. I've uh, realized that I need that uh, kind of limit sometimes to, to get out of there. So so I'm very strategic in when I go to the casino. You see, I like to time my casino around the very last thing I do for the day, night, or evening because of a couple of reasons. A, I want to have social lubricant because if I take on losses – I don't want to be as bothered by it. Hey, you know what? We're drinking. We're having fun. So what? We lost a couple of thousand, whatever. No big deal. Um, so for that reason, I also want to be able to do it up until when they do last call. Since I typically don't have the power to get up and stop myself. I like the fact that there is a man in charge that will tell us when the last hand is. 
Yeah, typically doesn't work for me. So, so if that works for you, great. But uh, I've had a lot of data to inform my strategy, and uh, the the too much too much uh, alcohol and uh, too much time uh, in the casino is usually how it works for me after after a night out. Yeah, I'll definitely be there until last call. And depending how aggressive I am at the table, they'll keep us going and won't call last call. <laughs> Dude, but I'm telling you, there has been times when I've done it during the day and I've gone, you know what? The pool day is over. We got out of the pool. We did the pure cruise bliss, got a couple of drinks going. Okay. You know, it's time to get ready for dinner, but not before we'll play a couple of hands of blackjack. And yes, you can find me there well after dinner in my bathing suit. It's 1130 at night, no shows, no nightclub, no nothing. I'm trying to win back the 1500 I lost in the first. So that's why another reason why I kind of regulate it to the last thing I do of the day. Yeah, not to beat a dead horse, but I, I'm a member of a lot of the Facebook groups, like the onboard casino groups. And uh, I always see these posts of like, I don't know, two grand, three grand, 10 grand winners. And they're like at 9.30 in the morning. Oh, you know, went to the casino after breakfast and hit 10 grand. It's like, wow. And all of us degenerates are in there at, at midnight. Nobody's making any money. <laughs> you might anyway. be. You might have touched on something. That's a point. And people will tell you at, at, at slot machines in Atlantic City, you hear that a lot. You know, the off days and the off hours. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not I don't have the casino tinfoil hat on, but I don't know. It doesn't sound that strange to me. All right, let's get into your emails. Ladies and gentlemen, your emails have become a lifeblood of the show. We survive. This segment of the show needs your participation. If you do have any questions, comments, corrections, contributions of any kind to the show, please hit me up, Tommy, at alwaysbebooked.com. Uh, we don't welcome them. We thrive off of them, and we need them. We implore you, send us an email, Tommy, at alwaysbebooked.com. I will read it. We're only going to do one this week because of the fact that we ran over a little bit. We ran over time, and uh, here we go. Tommy and Ryan, as I was listening to you talk on differences in cruising now from a few years ago, I thought of one of you my, one of you never consider. Okay, see, this is why we got to proofread. <laughs> Well, let me see if I see this is a, this is, a, I don't know. We'll see. Did I screw this up? What did they? Let's do it again. I thought of one you would never consider. That was completely my fault. Look at me out here shaming people yep. for not proofreading. And I'm, I'm, I'm the illiterate. Uh, we are non drinkers. And one thing that we have enjoyed about the drink package is that we can sit in peace without bar waiters asking us every five minutes if we need a drink. Before the packages, they had to sell drinks to anyone they could to get their tips. Now we can go an entire week with no waiters coming around. Keep up the good work, Bill. Ryan, I know you don't like this email. No, I, I, he, Bill sounds like a, a friend of mine because he's, uh, he's supporting the drink package. That's great. <laughs> and, and he's freeing up the waiters that I need. So great. Let's uh, let's not waste time okay. with Bill. No offense. Bill. Oh, there you go. Okay, all right. So Bill, so Bill is doing uh, you know, the salt of the earth work here in that he is leaving the waiters and the bartenders to go handle us. No, I was I just all I meant was that you know we kind of like the interaction with the crew, and I always always 
on certain cruises, immediately every interaction with every bartender I have. So if you're a crew member and you're listening, you know, this is good information for you. If you want to get in my good graces, I'm kidding around, but of course, but the truth is, is that I'm basically, you know, weighing whether or not this is going to be my guy. Is that our guy? Is that not our guy? No, that's not our, really our guy. You know, the 33 percenter that is probably on their last contract and they want out versus the one that's going to go above and beyond. He's going to crack that joke. He's going to introduce you to another guest. He's going to create an atmosphere in which you're going to want to sit at that bar. And Ryan, is it not a coincidence which bars are often the most busy? Yeah, no surprise. I mean, I'll, I'll follow bartenders around. I'll, I'll find that bartender, whoever it is, or those bartenders, and uh, you know, by the second or third day, and, and they and they, you know, enjoy me being being around too, because in between drinks or you know when it's slow, you know, you have someone to talk to and and mix things up. So they'll tell me, you know, they'll I'll learn their schedule is what I'm trying to say. And so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll actually follow the bartender, not, not in a weird way, right? But, but I'll be like, hey, if it's between yeah. this bar or that bar, uh, you know, so-and-so is working there, I think. And if they're not, so be it. But, but yeah, I, it's definitely part of my experience. And I, I don't want to sound like I'm shaming Bill at all because, I, I mean, we all it takes all types of people to cruise. And, and, uh, and you mentioned it last week, you know, how the drink package, I didn't think about it. I actually opened my eyes last week. I didn't think about how maybe the drink package, uh, could, uh, could have a, a negative effect maybe on the, on the atmosphere or those that aren't interested in the drunkenness. Um, and I never cruised without a drink package, not to age myself, but, but yeah. So, I, I mean, I never thought about it that way, but it's good to hear that we can, uh, we can coexist. That's a great thing. No, when you just said it takes all kind to cruise, it's true. You know, you hear all sorts of people, whether they're influencers or fellow cruisers, some people just think it's downright bizarre that you're put at a table to eat with strangers. You know what I mean? And then some people, that's half the reason they cruise is because it's like a little roll of the dice. Who are we going to get? Who are we going to get? A, who are going to be our dinner buddies on this particular cruise? Yeah, I want a big table. You know, I could tell you my earlier cruising days when I th- that was a little bit more drink package centric. Uh, yeah, they they when when me and whoever else I was cruising with sat down at the table to join them, they were they were in for some entertainment. Uh, I, not always welcome, but it was there. I was going to say, um, then the next day you show up and they're not at the table. You you, you understood what <laughs> happened then, right? <laughs> they requested yes, yeah, yes. Get me far away from that guy. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, I mean, there's been cruises that I've just never even made the main dining. We we went on one cruise in particular that stands out on, on, on a Royal Caribbean ship. We sat down and we showed up 10 minutes late, which is already, you're off to a bad start. When they can't, you know, you know that's not what you want to do. I get it. I'm a bad cruiser for that. And then, uh, yeah, we uh, we kind of we kind of made it a point to put on a show and uh, let's just say the couple that we were sitting with was not necessarily feeling the vibe with that but i guess we should end on that note right ryan you got anything else no listen tommy i've got to get packing for my cruise and uh like i said by the time this airs i will be hopefully uh either en route or on board the vision of the sea so i'm super pumped for that we got to coordinate next week i i don't know i'm getting nervous about next week already uh because consistency is key as you've mentioned but but i have to uh yeah i have to get packing tonight that's what that means Absolutely. Let's get you. Uh, let's get you packing. Let's get you uh, ready for your cruise. We'll wish you a always. I'm sure I speak for all the cones, mega and standard. When I say, 
Bon voyage. Enjoy yourself and don't be a stranger in the lounge. Awesome. Awesome. I'll post something. All right, you guys are the absolute best. Boat drinks. <laughs> <laughs>